Good everybody, what's up? It is not Dion, it is Rebecca. This is Dion's show. Dion, introduce the show. <laughs> Welcome to Old Rope. A little bit of Old Rope, uh, some advice from some old guys, or bearded guys at least. And, Bro, and- I'm impressed. Straight away, I just want to say, Dion, welcome to, welcome to the whānau, my bro. It's all good. Um, we've, we've, and let's let's maybe also start by giving um, Jimbo there on the bottom right um, props for, I see someone's bought a ring light and a better microphone over this last thing. The one guy who's actually paid in media. Um, I did have this mic the first week, actually. In fact, I've, I haven't, yeah. got, haven't got my earpiece in, so this is... Um, yeah, the, did I not use the light last time? No, you've, you're looking. For, you're looking. It's like one of those. You're about to get filtery on on the gram or something. <laughs> I have to say too, Jimbo, it looks like you've been using a bit of maybe Triumph and Disaster product. Your skin's looking very luscious. Oh, no, it's because he's. He doesn't look like he's captured. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is as good as it gets. It's all downhill after this. Um, <laughs> once I breathe out, I did start lockdown by doing um, yoga, push-ups um eating nice raw food and now i've gone to pretty much chocolate milk sleeping in and uh oven chips which are bloody oh. good i tell you how good they are. Yeah. i don't know if everyone's had a chance to look at the the four the four points that dion would like to cover in today's show uh dion yeah. would you like me to read out your four points or should you how would you like to, to structure this, this next? Oh, just hit us with something review yeah okay. I mean, they're not quite they're not the only four points. I mean, I Bruce had some good ideas there too. <laughs> um, so let's maybe maybe start with the main thing. Um, Jimbo, what do you have to say about that? Oh, that's right. You're not even at your chair. Okay, cool. Good chat. <laughs> um, how about the big news? You know the big news. Okay, Bruce, lead us off. What's this going to mean? Four to three. Go on. Yeah, we're just actually, I, that's why I, I just came from a meeting to discuss that. Um, um, in regards to how our business is approaching it, I, I um, I'm pleased to be honest with you. I think um, I think we've to be to be coming out of sort of three and a half weeks and sort of aiming for a, a stepping down to three is exciting. For my first go to actually would be for small businesses, thinking that there's a lot of businesses now that um, you know think of the building sector as stuff that can actually start to kickstart and get back into into some form of flow. Um, I'm not sure what normality looks like, but certainly some sort of flow. Um, and I think that's going to make a huge difference. I think if this kept dragging on sort of five, six, seven weeks, um, if you saw the Treasury report last week that came out as well, or this week, sorry, you know, the, the consequences of a longer lockdown at four was looking a lot more, um, I guess, scary. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the UD on the small business. How how you feel with that? Um, as to yeah. you know, feeling positive. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we sort of have been semi-essential because we sell cleansers and scrubs and things like that. So there was yeah. a bit of opening online, which we were able to benefit from since the last week or so, which has cool. definitely stemmed the tide. And I think the main move for me seems to be that we. That online for, for pretty much all online businesses, which just seems to make sense. Um, we've just got to step ourselves, get this economy wheel spinning back up again. But it, we won't. I also think we've learned a few different ways of operating, which um, I don't think there will be much resistance to going to three and 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 sort of not going straight back into work. I think no. people are quite happy with that. Um, but I think getting back on and getting things going, getting the wheels turning, it's 
is, is sort of super important. Yeah, I, agree. Yeah. I think that is a key thing, isn't it? It's not, I mean, you've got to think like a four, um, but we have some restrictions that are taken down to enable some businesses to kickstart up. Um, and I think, you know, it seems like the smart approach at this stage um, mm. as a normal. Yeah. 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 And I think, like, sort of that was my question really this show, really, was, uh, you know, I, I, I was on a, a call a couple of days ago and um, uh, the moderator, she actually read out a poem. It was about in this, which was the, what stimulated the idea. But she was basically asking the question of, are we at the middle? So are we at the beginning, the middle, or the end? And I thought it was a really great interesting this poem which basically expressed the, um, the idea um, eloquently than I have. But, um, <clears throat> but it's a really important question because I think mm. as, a, as I challenge myself thinking about business, but also sort of personally within the household, I think it's easy to think that we're coming to the end, but I don't know that that's the case at all. Right. And, and if anything, um, maybe we're at the start. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good point. Um, so I throw that out there because you know, um, I, I was reading an, another article uh, where someone was sort of, I think it was actually John Key, had come out and said, look, he felt that in a weird way, the easy part, the government had done the easy part, which is the lockdown. Right. And the, the harder part is come, will be coming out of it, getting things back going, you know, fixing, you know, keeping everybody safe as we wind things back up. Well, I thought that was quite an insightful and from a guy who's been there before. But I mm. think yeah, I can see the same things on a micro level with my own business. It's like almost the, the, the uh, crisis management was, was the easy part in a way. Now getting everyone back on to new ways of working and, and uh, connecting people in different ways and, and building that up. I think keeping the mojo going or building the mojo back up Getting people mm. to maybe slightly. Um, I reckon today's announcement by Jacinda would have had pretty good ratings. Everyone basically listening in to see whether they're allowed to do stuff. Um, surfers happy. Uh, Drive-throughs are open. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so everybody's uh, one of the great moments in New Zealand history. You know, it'll be KFC, KFC. We will fight them on the beaches. All these great sort of like uh, speeches and and in uh, pol political history in the old the drive-throughs are open people so at least that gives some certainty but i was talking to a friend of mine who uh runs a um a business uh and it's a restaurant it's a you know in um ponsonby food court great place and she's not sure that she can reopen because she right. says just relying on deliveries it's just going to cost too much just to fire everything up and get staff and all that sort of thing and then just play this waiting game for Uber Eats. So there's a lot of people who are still just, they're going to be left in limbo for a long time. Mm. It's the next couple of weeks that I'll make, I guess, as we sort of climb through this and seeing what that looks like in the next couple of weeks. is I mean, this is the first step, which is great. Um, and I think politically, again, I'm not a no political expert, okay? Just put a disclaimer there. <laughs> but... Man, this is kind of where the rubber hits the road in some ways, isn't it? I think um, you can just see the the opposition and others starting to flare up, comparing us to Australia, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, something had to be done, but it's got to be the right thing, right? Um, mm. But yeah, drive throughs that's, that's uh, I didn't know that, so I'll write that down. I think, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, politics, thanks, Jimbo. Yeah. The politics is a bit tiring because everything, everything is a bit political, though, as well. It, like the whole drive that we have to be first in the world for everything from mm. the government as well, that's political as well. It's sort of like, mm. 
little bit tiring from both sides. I think if we all mm. just sort of drop it, we've got a good decision. Made some good decisions. Now we need to make good, smart decisions to get out of here and get things going again. I think the country would benefit from it, but I, I, I think personally, I don't know. I'd be grateful as well. Like the politics of it is tiring, right? Mm. Um, it's going to be interesting for places where there have been clusters. Like I was looking at Matter Matter, um, a great Waikato town, and uh, that was affected. I think it was a, a getting up to 80 people. But when a town is pretty much labelled as a, as a cluster, then what happens that people are going to say, let's just call in for a coffee in Matter Matter. They're just going to blast through the place. Um, I, but the, the flip side could be that uh, the Matter Matter Rugby Club could be a, an early bet to win the Waikato uh, club championship because everyone's going to default and just go, no, nah, no, nah, you guys, you'll be fine. So they'll end up top of the table, semi-final, another default final. Uh, it's all over. Congratulations to oh, them. Or they'll play a game at two metres apart. Yeah, they could yeah. social distancing rugby. That's pretty, that's pretty much how I defended on the rugby field anyway. So. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I played the clarinet on the side, so I was good. Yeah. I, was speaking to, I was speaking to a mate of mine today who's got a, um, a bunch of small businesses, actually, um, quite a few of them. And um, he, it was interesting. I, I sort of rang him up just to, to take a, a note out of this, what we're doing here with this old rope. Is kind of just rang up and said, mate, how are you doing? You know, it was it was a pastoral call. It wasn't, there was no, it was really just, how are you doing? And um, I was really, really surprised at his response because I expected him to go down the whole path of, you know, geez, business is hard and, um, you know, this is tricky for me and et cetera, et cetera, which you would normally expect. And there is a bit of that. But he went straight to a place of this is making me think about life differently and my priorities. Mm. And he's got, I, I would guess, um, seven or eight or nine or ten sort of small businesses around New Zealand. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was quite, I, I don't know, I, I was quite, um, I quite different. I liked it. I, I, I liked that he was thinking that way. He wasn't. He wasn't being sort of unrealistic and reflective. This is hurting him, but it's sort of taken him to a place where he's going. You know, I've been on this rat race, running hundred miles an hour every single day. Mm. Maybe not being the best boss. Maybe not doing this. I, I actually wonder whether I could do this differently. And this is what I'm. This is what I'm sort of taking away from this at the moment. L- I thought week. for a guy. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought I just it was really refreshing. The um, and, we, we interviewed uh, John Maynard, who's the um, who's the CEO of. Uh, uh, wilderness rentals, uh, uh, camper vans. And oh, yeah. he was saying, you know, I was like, oh, but at the end of this, he goes, you know what I'm actually going to miss the most is my four o'clock scooter ride with my kid. <laughs> and it was just like, go. it just reset so much for not just commerce, but actually for things which you wouldn't usually exactly think of, you know, mm. um, we've got, we've got some, some trolling has really begun. Uh, Brett Maber would like to say, uh, much better lineup this week, Dion. And also that they'll, they'll all be heading to the home of the mega cow, Morrinsville. <laughs> He's right. Brett is absolutely right. They're going to go to the mega cow. Uh, Jacinda's hometown, of course, there'll be like a shrine there for her after all her efforts. Um, it's, and I wouldn't be surprised. I, I just do feel actually sorry for a place like Matamata because mm. in the end it gets lab- labeled, it gets named and shamed. It's just an unfortunate event. Mm. But, this is the whole thing. People will start to say we can't go there because of the COVID. There is going to be a, a slight sort of dystopian Branding. feel to driving around New Zealand, you know? Hmm. As a, yeah. One thing that Madden has always had that, though. Yeah, there is, yeah, oh, pretty much. Buddy. Who stops there? Well, I have stopped in, in Madden Matter, although I do find that their um, antique shops are a little bit overpriced for my liking. They, I mean, they, it's they, second-hand they, tat. Come on, guys. They, <laughs> in five 
Pfizer on the high side as well, just quietly. Oh, yeah, but there is a, there, there is a great store and there is a great bakery right in the middle of Matamata. Um, yeah. Oh, what's it called? It starts with K, I think. Yeah. It has the biggest. Yeah. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to jump to the second. We've got Great some type up. of formality. We've actually, yeah, Dion has organically segued us through the first part. Was are we at the beginning, middle, end? Well done, Dion. Uh, the second <laughs> one is is New Zealand growing up slash evolving politically. What made you say that, Dion? Because the Jeez. unification of intent. I've I've never had so many political conversations in my life. Mildly political, um, and I feel like. Uh, I think on the first one that we spoke, the first time a couple of weeks ago, maybe I was it was my own idea that in my conversations I sort of had this idea that maybe we could lower the gloves politically and actually talk more sort of philosophically around the politics of it. But I think that that we're being forced, you know, much like Bruce's friend, um, was you know looking at our lifestyles, looking at what's important. Um, mm. And I think individually we're all asking these questions of ourselves, and I think that flows on to what politics do I stand for? Mm. You know, what beliefs do I stand for? You know, like, um, <clears throat> you know, how important is government in my life versus my own individuality and all of those different things? And I think uh, those are questions that overseas, say in America, you know, it's much more at the forefront of people's minds and conversations. Uh, and not actually, there's an old saying in New Zealand, like, you know, never talk about, you know, racing politics and religion or whatever, you know, stuff or something like that. And um, and I feel like it's a bit more open now to say, hey, well, where, where do we stand on all this politically? Mm. I agree with you, man. I think um, that's why I found so refreshing about my friend's conversation is just that time with the kids. Um, it's, it's even myself, I've been sort of thinking, you know, how much I've sort of taken those things for granted I think um, and just by slowing down a little bit because it's forced us to slow down it's forced us to think it's like it's like I remember speaking to someone once it's like a puddle of water right and you keep sticking your foot in it it's always murky but when you take your foot out the mud settles and suddenly you get clarity I'm not saying I've had a zen moment there Jimbo so don't, don't get worried but um, but I guess what I'm saying to you is that I think a lot of people have sort of thought man actually I'm exceptionally wealthy because we've got our health and our kids and that I have I need to probably start thinking about how I make them more of a priority in my life rather than, you know, because I'm, you know, I don't know. It just it seemed like, I don't know about you guys, but freaking treadmill four weeks ago, just running like mad, like a yeah, duck on I've, water. Yes. I yeah. agree with that. I think I've, I've appreciated just the, the, the slow down, take stock. Um, and I mean, I still try to do the yoga and it's uh, it's not really working for me, but um, simply live well yoga. I should give a plug there. Uh, pretty, pretty good. Uh, 9am lesson every morning. And the thing about it, though, is having that time to think and breathe a little bit and do some mm. chores and maybe even tidy your um, shocking lounge. It took you three weeks lounge. to do your room, Jimbo. Look, is that, um, is that you actually... Uh, you, it gives you it gives yourself a chance to probably, I guess, look at your priorities. Think about mm. really what could happen next. I mean, I've, I work in the media. So many people have um, lost jobs, uh, been asked yeah. to take a pay cut. Um, you know, we're no different. It, uh, crowd goes wild. So the thing is, you just have to be prepared for that, but appreciate what you do have. And you know, what you do have is you. I've got my daughter here. Um, I hardly ever see her. I just deliver her food. But you know, she's here and she's happy. Um, yeah, and you know, and healthy. Yeah, I've mm. made uh, 
uh, I've made banana bread and meatloaf using the same tin, but not at the same time. Uh, these are things that you sort of start to really branch out a bit. So, yeah, there has been time to think. I agree with you, um, uh, Bruiser. I think that you actually do need to take a little – it's been good to take a little step back, but any further and people are just going to start going crazy. Yeah, there's a very fine line between that and insanity, yeah. Yeah. Mm. We did yoga today as a family, actually, living on – we – I did, we, we did, took the uh, yoga with Adrian, um, which I'm not sure was entirely appropriate for my 13 year old son for some reason. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I tell no. you, what, what was it? Oh, or God. Or is it like a nap yeah. or what is it? Well, he concentrated a lot better than the other two did. Uh, so uh, it was quite interesting just to see as a group. But I, I on that, I had the last night, I had probably the best night I've had with my family for ages. And nice. It was all just around. We we lit the fire for the first time. You know, maybe needlessly. It was not really freezing, but we just sort of thought, "I oh, will have a ceremonial fire lighting for the winter." <laughs> yeah. yeah um, and <clears throat> before we knew it, I just started playing some playlists, and I went into sort of my sort of nineties sort of playlist sort of thing. And and pre-match I, bangers. Like, I didn't realize how much I'd infiltrated my children's. Uh, childhood because it just sort of flowed on to about two and a half hours of this playlist of everyone playing their, their songs, which was really my songs. Um, and we just had this great night as a family. And I think, like, uh, it was sort of like a, one of those things like it needed a whole lot of downtime to arrive at a night like that. You know, it was like a long holiday point. Um, and mm. I think that, you know, it, it, was a, it was a nice thing. But so here's the challenge. Here's the challenge, Dion, and all of us or anyone who's listening is kind of going. If you went, if you went to level one now, yeah. how quick would you forget that? You know, yes. because at the because at the end of the day, um, I mean, my kids are older now, right? So they're in their twenties. But I know I don't look at it's amazing, isn't it? This is a triumph disaster product makes me look so young. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, that's what counts, right? I mean, your, your kids, you know, you want them buying you the best room in the retirement village at the end of the day, don't you? I mean, that's, <laughs> you yeah, want to build those relationships. A little, a little epiphany I've had probably is I, I, I remember being sledged when I played cricket by one of the South Africans, guy Daryl Cullinan, and I, I was captain. Yeah, stop that guy. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was captain for a short time, and as captain, I, I was doing a lot of talking, and I was trying to G the team up, and anyway, he got like 150 or something, and as oh. we were off, he just said, he just said, oh, you're a talking knack. It's like, oh, it really hurt, you know. And I was like, oh, it got me. Um, and then I, and, but I sort of felt like um, that with my children, I've been a bit of a talker and not a doer. And what I've managed in here, because we're all working from home, I've been able to be a doer, and they've sort of seen me just working, as opposed to just telling. And I think um, that's been a bit of a learning too is just from a parenting perspective is actually just doing showing a bit more or just showing by example or doing um has been a great way of sort of educating yeah I'm not sure where that came from but um anyway there's probably just a chance to tell you that i've been sledged by South Africa. are you like campaigning to be voted father of the year or something i mean this is kind of getting a little bit crazy out there no, no, i don't no. mean Okay. Last so, time I went there, there was he he bought Indian takeaway, and um, there wasn't even enough for his guest, and they were like, it was just kind of embarrassing. All there was was red wine, uh, which was I was happy with, but yeah, okay. No, Dion, you've got a point there. You are not the first um, alpha male who's talked to me recently about 
perspective changing of their attention being more to those closer to them, right. which is, yeah. You're di- but I, still, I still give you guys the challenge or anyone listening mm. is how do you hang on to that? Because the sad thing, I think, it, you know, you could see this as this has been confronting to us, obviously confronting to, to others, probably way worse than me in regards to how they've been confronted by this. Um, but if you have these epiphanies and have these times, is how do you how do you grasp onto that and make, I guess, take something really good out of something that's been a challenge? You know, that's the sort of sound very philosophical here, but you know what I'm trying to say. If you can take those nuggets out and they can then start to define who you are going forward, then it kind of makes us all worth it. Oh, Pastor Bruce coming through with the There you fire. go. Boom. Okay. Yeah, nice. Um, the are. one thing I would say is that you've, you know, like uh, with your kids, and um, I mean, you've got three great kids, Nashi, uh, Scarlett is 16 now. So when they get to a certain age, you only probably get three windows um, to really have a have a chat to them sometimes, you know, and really sort of for what you've got to say to sink in because most of the time they're just eye-rolling and going, oh, yeah, whatever. So now you'll probably might get – those three windows might all be during lockdown now because you'll get the chance. You'll actually see them. Um, yeah, you might lose the dick status. Yeah, you're a dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, interesting, it's interesting, though, like talking about kids, like I was speaking uh, – my Amanda and I were speaking to my son last night. Him and his wife were in uh, the London. They arrived in London three weeks or four weeks before lockdown. Welcome to London. And um, oh, my phone's ringing. Wait a sec. And um, – Oh man, I was just uber proud. You know, I'm having a phone call with him. You know, and and I said, "How are you doing?" And he was struggling a bit, but there was a sense of, "But I've got this, mate." You know, I've got this, and I was just mm. like, I don't know. Yeah, just made me just, yeah, it is, and it's yeah. I don't know. I just yeah. I'm, I'm being feeling. I'm philosophical today. I took a lot of it from your comments in the first uh, episode of this. Right. Uh, Bruce, I, I wrote down a bunch of mates that I hadn't connected with for some time and oh, I've, cool. con- I've contacted them all. And what a rewarding exercise that was. Good um, on you. And, I didn't uh, get a call, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, you, mate. That's, that's different. <laughs> um, yeah. Unfortunately, I'd already done that before you suggested it, Bruce, and I'm still waiting to get replies. It's uh, obviously let a few relationships uh, go. Slide. And- yeah, yeah, that's the ninety-day mate. Still waiting, but I was going to say I'm going to call from my father. My my father's eighty-nine, and uh, turns ninety this year. So he's he's, um, cool. he's sitting up north there, and he's hard of hearing, and you know he's he's still got his faculties, but he, he doesn't speak, doesn't communicate much. He never did anyway, isn't it? Grumpy old farmer. Uh, so it's only it's only rescinded from that. Sort of low threshold anyway, and, um, but he. But I was on the phone with mum earlier in the week, and, and she said, "Oh, your father's come over to talk to you." And I was like, "Oh, that's strange." And you know, <laughs> all he came over to say was, "Ask, ask how it was, and ask how the business, how's the business going." And I just, and it was, and it was funny, like you know, only two simple questions, but it was a, it was just wonderful, you know, to hear that. And, not, and I was just able to, nice. say, oh, you know, nice sort of thing. But I yeah, think cool. uh, some not, you know, probably just a sharing a, I guess a, a nice moment with, with dad but but I think there's a lot of those nice things happening you know and yeah. I, now we've got to as you say try to carry some of that forward I, I, I think you know my my larger point really on, in terms of the headline was you know politically can we can we sort of have a more evolved conversation 
you know, where does this country stand politically? They've always been quite socialist, and, and capitalism has never been a completely clean word here. I, I, I suspect on some levels, and um, but you know, I think there's um, a, a bigger conversation too around all of that going forward. I think that capitalism seems to have to evolve at this point um, because if we're going to maintain the lifestyle that we want, um, then capitalism or the or the drive towards capitalism and, and, and achievement and all of that somehow has to soften somewhere to allow that space. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's yeah. a good okay. um, We've got uh, Texas come through from um, David. It says, Bruce is the man. Well done. <laughs> the next one says, hey, Thanks, Dion, Daddy. what colors the too. couch? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very beige today. We yeah. just can't see you sort of, yeah, just see a head on top of a couch. No. <laughs> hey, hey, here's another thing I thought of today. So I'm going to give a shout out to this book here. Okay, can you see that? I got that right. Kiwi Spitfire is right. Yeah. Sounds so like staff, member, staff member gave me this to me the other day, and this is a story about her grandfather. And um, I've been reading it. It's been perfect book for right now. This guy... I don't know if you guys knew how many guys went to World War II as, as Spitfire pilots. I mean, these guys were them. They were amazing, like what they did in the war. And in regards to their skills and the whole Kiwi ingenuity, you can just imagine it, right? So this is his life story. This is his memoir. Anyway, I'm at the stage. I'm get, the last couple of days got at the stage where um where he got shot down in France and he had to land the Spitfire on a field basically with one wheel. And, you know, you can just imagine typical Kiwi, right? And then he goes and tries to hide with the French people, but then he said that his survival kit included everything except the beret. And so therefore, this blonde here, he stood out. Anyway, how long story short, this guy gets into this into the same prison as where the Great Escape happens. And I got this stage where he, he invented this sort of sheet that he camo camoed so he could crawl to the he could crawl under the sheet to the to the line to to break through and try and escape from this prison, right? And and he got stuck in the cooler for th for ninety days. So in the here cooler? he is in the cooler. So it's, and that's because of the Geneva Convention, it did have a bed and stuff like that. But he's in a room, a concrete room, in winter, in Germany, ninety days, basically sloppy soup, bed. Not ninety days. Like we, we've done how many? We've done twenty one. But. Where you know I'm sitting on a lovely couch here, not beige, grey, but you know, and I've got a nice Syrah sitting somewhere. I get to light it with my beautiful wife every night. Uh, you know. Oh, here we go. It, come on, come. But all I'm trying to say, I just trying to say, just I don't know. It just it's giving me some perspective. Um, I was going to say that um, my uh, one of my prized possessions is my grandfather's um, soldier's handbook from uh, World War Two, and it's got. It's basically got all these different languages. So wherever you land in different territories, you right. can communicate. So it's got don't cool. shoot in German and all these kinds of different things. Right. And so weirdly, as a as a reference book, quite often if I'm stuck for, you know, say a French word, I'll go and get the soldier's handbook because it's got some good basics there compared to what you learn at school, which is, you know, pull the curtain and all this kind of stuff. It's like it's got some real Poulet, stuff that you need in it when you're in a jam. <laughs> yeah, but I just I think the context like these guys, man, nine, I mean, you know, he, he was telling about how he, he took off one day in the clouds and then none of the instruments worked. So he had to figure out by sticking his head out the airplane to basically land it in the clouds with oil all over his face. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's um, just, again, another gentle reminder that, you know, yes, this is tough. I'm not trying to, not trying to downplay it at all. 
but fuck, we're lucky. Like, sorry, great, gosh, great we're feedback, lucky. Jimbo. Hey, yeah. what do you think? What do you say there, Jimbo? Oh man, yeah, great, great chat. <laughs> yeah, I will. There's a famous cricketer called Keith Miller, and I sat. He's old. And he put. He, he flew Spitfires in World War Two. Aussie guy. And anyway, I met him in England at the John Paul Getty's house, which is this millionaire's house. He's got this prime cricket ground, and we were playing there. And we were <clears throat> went to lunch, and I got sat with this guy Keith Miller, who was an Australian legend, and he scored yeah. back in the fifties. He scored a hundred at Lords not long after World War Two had ended. And um, the interviewer sort of says something like, um, oh, so, you know, you must have felt the pressure out there as you got close to your 100. And he goes, pressure, pressure, son. That's a Mr. Smith up your arm. James, have you found the book, mate? Yeah, I've got the book. Yeah, oh, sure. Shit. Okay, hold on. I was quick. Yeah, and all the uh, all the different. Um, so that's the that size is of the awesome. handbook. And Look at the perfect. quality. It's, and it's, got, it's actually got the. Um, it's beautiful. Uh, well, bloody hell, I'm coming wrong. And, it was, and so that's um, it's a lot of the lot of the, the phrases are you know just like which way to the time ta- to the town and all those kind, kinds of things. But I'm pretty sure there's a there's a lie down and don't shoot and all these kind of like okay. Is there, is there one there that says Have you got a beret? Spare beret. <laughs> spare beret it doesn't have that page. <laughs> so, so that's I, probably I think, why I think what I've loved, you didn't make it through. Unfortunately, the oh, beret sorry, was not there. But what I, I guess what I'm saying is that I guess where I take hope in this, and this is a conversation I have with this guy today, is that, geez, we're a tenacious bunch of us Kiwis. Like, I, I, you know, I know we do this tall poppy stuff and that really bugs the hell out of me, but, you know, our tenacity and our willpower and our willingness to make something out of nothing is phenomenal. And I think that's what we've got to start to dive into. and, and Cre- you know, Creative resilience. Yeah. And then, and then what I loved about when we spoke a couple of weeks ago was kind of like, you know, we have this rich country, rich resources, uber talent you know and we have this desire to always be overseas when actually if we just focused inwardly and looked at what we can create here and who we are as a, as a nation and in particular our skill sets right um i don't know that would be that to me would be a massive bonus coming out of this you know um just that whole hyper local sort of yep. ecosystem industry that 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 becomes this thing called new zealand aotearoa that. Sorry, I was just going to add. My grandfather did survive the war, um, but oh, um, sorry, yeah, <laughs> sorry, you got the wrong end of the stick there. Didn't make it through, but uh, the um, uh, through enemy lines. However, the, can you tell me what does this mean? Aidez-moi à creuser une tranchée. Are the drive-through open? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> the drive doors are open. Take me to the nearest KFC. No, it's help me, um, help me dig a trench, which is, um, you know, those are the sort of things that you learn. And Very you helpful, can only, only, you've only get that from the soldier's handbook. Did you see the? Did you see the guy down the line who's who has dug a trench? He's dug a, a bomb shelter. Yes. That, that, that made me. I just wanted to. I, I try. It's the first time I've ever wanted to go on and make a comment on one of those platforms, you know, and just say you're a hero, mate. That, that's the top of Kiwi we need out what there. What did you do? Him and his, he's an ex-army boy, and he's. I forget. I'm not sure where he was, but they've dug, dug this massive, big underground, like like a trench, like a World War Two bunker. Nice. The kids of the kids have all stepped out there and made it. Just, <laughs> he was just like, oh. You know, he spoke through how hard it was to get his 13-year-old son to help keep working and how he thought he'd, you know, and, and also just how hard it is to go from, like, one that you can sit in to one that you can stand in, how much extra work it was. 
Um, one, thing, one, one thing I was going to say, um, just to get away from trenches, because I've kind of diverted the uh, thing a bit like a trench, um, is you're talking about New Zealand evolving. And it is kind of at that point where it felt quite nice where there was bipartisan or multipartisan sort of mm. like unity in New Zealand for a while there. Right now there's a few sort of uh, noises um, of discontent from the right or whatever, you know, like, mm. but seeing how the most important person really isn't uh, necessarily Jacinda, but actually Bloomfield, because he's the guy who's yeah. having to sort of like say, these are the facts, this is what we need to do. Obviously, they're taking his advice. And um, I think it's been quite cool because we've got a guy and Jacinda who have combined and really mm. also, the only person who's acted like a dick has been the health minister. And so, you know, he's not even no longer required. So um, if there was a movie, I was thinking it would have been would be quite nice to have those two, uh, Jacinda and um, Ashley, single. And, um, you know, obviously when it came time to to breach each other's uh, bubble, so to speak, uh, in that scene where they sort of suddenly get closer and closer, if, if um, then finally they do and they, oh, um, I think they kick each other's feet or something like that. Is that what happens next? Yeah, they do a, a special COVID handshake. Think of it, good movie, mate. It's like a, it's rating. It's tits off right now. I was um, just thinking. I was started. I went to the place of who plays who. You know, is it Brad Pitt and, and um, I don't yeah, know, Jeff, Jennifer Aniston or something? I don't know. Uh, point number three. We're going. Oh, to this is a good line. Point number three. Those two go act together again. No, I'm not sure. Jimbo, you can now. Sorry, mate. You, you can. You can now. <laughs> um, so what was number three? Uh, quote. I won't say who said it. I'm not missing sport at all. Anyone oh, Dion. else? Dion said it, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Did I say that loud? <laughs> Mate, yeah. It's, it's, that's a weird one, eh? Because normally I'd be like chasing my beloved Hurricanes and just, you know, watching every single game right to the nth degree. I don't well, know. I don't want to put James out of a job, but I, honestly, it hasn't bothered me one iota. And, and, <laughs> of course it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> And the, and the other thing that the only other thing that's happened is I've supplemented the lack of sport with watching Christian Cullen videos, which has just been magnificent. It's gonna it's ruined any rugby to be played after this point for me because you just realised the brilliance of the man. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm missing it obviously, but um I haven't watched a lot of uh, old school sport. Just the stuff that, you know, I mean, I usually head down a few YouTube um, rabbit holes anyway. But um, as far as sport now, watching Australia, I mean, they've carried on with their horse racing all the way through mm -hmm. COVID. They're really determined to uh, get this rugby league thing off the ground um, quite early in the piece. So, uh, Again, where is their Ashley Bloomfield uh, when they need them? Um, they, they could take some advice on this because it just seems to be a little bit rushed given that everybody else is still going through uh, national disasters. Hmm. I've just quickly realised something. I've been trying to figure it out for the entire show. What More is that, Russell? No, it's hmm. your beard, Bruce, when you turn right. It goes on the microphone. I've been trying to figure it out for yeah. ages. I'm like, where is this? And I've been like, that's why I've been like looking around trying to find it. And then you just said, I'm Sorry like, that. it's your flipping it's, beard. It's taken off. Like, you know, it's just, it's this isolation has been like fertilizer. It's just. How do you throw, how do you throw the, um, the darker parts of the beard? Yeah, look, there's a skill in this. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, 
is a is a real skill. So it is you have to partition parts of it and and expose certain parts to more sun than other other parts on a rotation basis. Yeah, yeah, and then you use this purple shampoo that's that your wife uses. That's really really expensive. That oh, takes geez. the brassiness, the brassiness, and the yellowness out of the beard. So you know it's complex, complex. We haven't got, probably got time to it. So back yeah. to sport team. Um, what about so, Nashi's mic as well? By the way, Nashi, is your mic up against a, a cushion that's a, a wine stained cushion oh, on the couch? Sorry, yeah. Does that I'm better, Robert? If it's not going to bang, there you go. That's better. Who cares? It's all. It's fine. Um, back to the sport piece. Do you feel government will step in to save sport? I think sport should step in to save sport, and I think that they should evolve. And I think that there needs to be, it's, a, it's, a, it's like um, all of our businesses. Like, I, I honestly think, <clears throat> thinking on reflection, my business will be better at the end of all this. It's, it's make, make no mistake, it's been awful, and I'm still worried about different aspects of it. But if I survive it, I'll be much stronger, um, mm. and business will be a better business, and the, and the customer will have, have a better experience, I believe. Well, I, I asked because there's. Did you read the spin-off article that Duncan's crew put out today with the transcripts of all the shit from the competing media companies with the government? No, no. Gold. It is <laughs> gold, and basically, it's the government asking all the media like, and it's got a screenshot of all the hitters just all lined up, all against each other, and you just like Bruce, you will flip and love it. Go through and you scope the bits of. Oh, I want to just do like a whole post on exactly all. It's just, it's amazing if you if you are intermediate at all. But basically, um, throughout it, some of the people asking for obviously government support because media is important. Blah blah, all the rest of it. But the same thing, I'm sure that's going to be coming for sport next, which will be there's going to be a similar thing with the NSOs with Sport New Zealand with the government to have some type of a chat. But the 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 differences I'm I'm imagining from the media side anyway is a, a big part of the the um the issue is a lot of the model was broken pre-covid anyway that wasn't the thing that tipped it and i just would hope that the government understands certain parts of society are important and just handle it the right way not really um you know drinking the kool-aid of those who potentially get the loudest because i think the models to your point down need to support itself first and then but fuel your, on top of it but yeah but i but to your point I, I just think across the board this is the danger that the government has got ahead of it is is doing this in an even-handed way, not just for sport, but for businesses but for everywhere, and setting it up in such a way that it's not just the loudest and the biggest bullies that get the get all the goods and get all the help and get all the support, but actually it's done on an even-handed, and, and on a merit, meritocracy almost as well, of some level, you know, like it's actually, I don't know how they, how they pick their way through it, but, uh, and also not put people on life support. You know, I think you've just got to get people back on their own feet as much as you can. Um, I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm going off piece a little bit, but I, I sort of tried to have a look at the tax relief side that's coming in for small businesses and that, and I was like, I, I couldn't really make, re, I couldn't really realise why they were doing that so early. Um, it just doesn't feel like it's necessary at this point. And if anything, it just feels like it opens it up for people to plan to sort of like to to, to for their own benefit, which is, which is not really in the spirit of what we need at this point. I think hmm. we need as businesses to be back on their feet, independent of the government. And if you don't need the government, you shouldn't be really going and dipping into it. But 
I don't know. I, I, I just feel there's a whole lot of issues potentially coming up. Well, the same I think the, the point I was yeah, just going to say, Darren, sorry. Bruce, I'll let you jump, is the same copy-paste conversation that One Vertical's having that was started with media. It will be mm. sport. And then even today we're talking to um, a Tim Alp, CEO of a Juicy Group, is saying, you know, I'm not going to be surprised if the, the government looks into the tourism ecosystem, if that's such a massive part of it. Do the, does the government look to potentially bankroll a bunch of acquisitions, these small mom-and-pop tourism things, if that's going to be a big piece of the country? At what point, if it's going sport, media, tourism, hospitality, flipping, you name it, services all the way down, where's that balance off because if it becomes copy paste too much and it's too much of a handbook then all of a sudden you're just gonna you know put a bunch of weaker businesses on life support when they should have had more you know strategic thinking to have a business model that actually works in the modern age right that's i'm really interested to watch how that thing plays out and pro to your to point down that the loudest just doesn't doesn't get the win yeah sorry Bruiser. I, th I, oh, I think the big thing was how long the lockdown was going to be right so that was the thing that was going to determine I kind of agree with you there Dion is kind of you know maybe it's a bit early you know it's we're sort of coming up to the end of, well, we've just turned over week three, which was last night, effectively, and we're coming to the week four with the cl with clarity that we're stepping down, right? So there are things, we're starting to move, which is great. When, and and you could argue, and I'm no um, economist, but, you know, there's a sense that we've ripped the plaster off hard, therefore we're not going to be in this sort of, the, the belief is that we're not going to be in this state of flux for a long time, as long as some other countries that have probably been a bit softer. Look, I don't think anyone really knows, to be honest with you. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is that um, I agree if you can get out of this on your own feet uh, and start to rebuild based on the values and the, the ideas and the creativity that you had before, mm. um, then, that, then that's a cool thing. That's, that's my first point. I guess my second point, though, would be, and something we've been talking a lot about at Yellow, is how do we, uh, well, it's not a matter of how we will, we're going to come out and talk about this, is how do New Zealanders kickstart New Zealand? Like, like, what is our responsibility to supporting local? What is our responsibility to helping your good old coffee shop down the road to get get off the, off, off the ground again? How do we start to really think about our local businesses and go, actually, as a nation, we the buyers are just as important as the sellers, and and how do we sort of take on that sort of that sort of thinking to go, you know what, we're going to help each other out and kickstart this thing ourselves. Now, some businesses won't survive, and and you could even argue some of them may have never should should never have survived uh, because you know they might have the wrong product service etc. But that, I think it's a cool challenge to us, right? It's like kind of how do you support? You know, if you're if you're a local manufacturer like yourself, right, Dion? You know, you've come up with an idea in New Zealand, you've developed a product in New Zealand, etc. Um, etc. Et I think it's it's we should be thinking how do we kickstart your business because it's a New Zealand Inc. business. It's mm. I, I think it's a cool challenge to us. Well, I, think, I mean, I think New Zealand's a difficult market. It's a great market to start a business, but it's a very hard, because we're so small. To scale. It's a hard market to get any scale, right, and to really mm. build a big business. So it's a great test market almost. But then, but a lot of people, you know, and, and I, I wrestle with this myself, is are you making a business or are you making a track for yourself in a way? You know, That's like, right. And it's like, and so um, I think for my business, I need, Global, like global world. I need to send my products to see and, and online, but I, but a lot of that can be transitioned online. But my local audience, my local Kiwi support, is absolutely essential. If I'm not winning and and loved here, then I've got nothing really to sell overseas, you know. Yeah. Um. Or in in how I've got my brand, so it's it's absolutely essential. But but I also understand I'm going to have to evolve how I'm doing things here, and I'm going to have to produce a better product. And a better service coming out of this than I was in it, because yeah. it's going to be competitive, or or people are going to be more 
question whether they need things. The dollar's going to be hard, harder to get. So no matter what, I'm going to have to get better. Um, but, you know, I, I always, and, I, and a little, little thing that I've always wondered with sort of cafes, for example, I went to Italy, and you sit in Italy, you can get, a, if you stand at a cafe in Italy, you pay $2 for your coffee, your long black or whatever, and if you sit down, you pay $4. And for ages, I've always just, it's always bugged me that you walk into a cafe and it's five, it's like five bucks now for bloody coffee, whether you take away, whether you eat it in or not. And it's like, maybe there's some thinking around those types of things. You know, like, mm. yeah, you just make, stand and get a $2 coffee and walk and on you go. But those types of things actually would bring people into, you know, I think we've got too used to some things. Experience-based pricing, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, I reckon. But even if you look at your businesses that you that you're running, um, I mean, what you've just explained probably is something that, say, sport or whoever's been in a hiatus needs to take on board. So, in the case of sport, really, it is a popularity contest, and just like your products, uh, Nashi, you know, you know exactly how they're rating. And sport now, weirdly, um, Jacinda and Ashley, the two lovebirds, have given New Zealand perhaps the the best chance to actually host sport. And imagine if it if the only rugby that that worldwide is the MPC or whatever the that Super Rugby Derby competition they're thinking of, that will actually go around the world in a in a market that's starved, you know, of of that kind of thing. But then for the other sports, this is where the popularity contest is tough. I've always argued like um, you can compare your, um, you know, the, the wages of the All Blacks. It's a bit like Lord. You know, she is, she's popular. She's the big ticket. She's global. Um, that's the big brand. That's why she gets paid the big bucks. Is she a better musician than my sister who's an opera singer who's bloody talented? Well, I don't know, but you just, it's not, they're not in the same ballpark earnings wise, you know, mm. um, that, that, that they, this is the, where sport is probably going to find out really who its friends are um, and the sponsors who really do care. So if you think about a, say a sport like rowing, who gives us a lot of um, glory and joy around Olympic time, well, they've got sponsors. I mean, I'm, I don't need to listen, but you probably see sponsors like Banklink and all these people that love rowing. Well, are they still going to be there for them and help fund them? Because those Olympic rowers who are national heroes, they get paid less than the receptionist um, in actual New Zealand rowing, you know, the person. So they're going down training every day at six, uh, six in the morning and four times a day, and they're getting paid less than the staff in the admin staff in the building. That's the way it is. I mean, we're talking about Mahe Drysdale, who is the Ronaldo of rowing. And he's mm. on less than minimum wage, probably. So I've got a per, per, perfect segue, James. I'm real keen to get your your take on this. So if you would have seen last week, um, Dana White UFC came out and he's like, "I'm building. I've, I'm going to bring back fighting this this weekend." Uh, and basically, he had done a deal with a um, Indian uh, reservation in California that he was going to do it out, which was outside of the jurisdiction for federal yada yada yada. Basically got handbraked um, from the CEO of both Disney and ESPN um, that was going to run it for a bunch of reasons. And it, but he is building Fight Island as we speak, which will mm. be a fly-in, fly-out um, lockdown zone. They're building the infrastructure, TV rights, blah, blah, and it's going to pop, right? And then I was talking with, I forget who it was the other day, talking about, well, if any new people coming into New Zealand are 
I'm going to get on this lockdown for two weeks. And if there's a bunch of existing bricks and mortar infrastructure, wouldn't it potentially make sense to think of, say, arguments like Auckland became sports city of the world. Exactly. Fly in, two-week quarantine, instead of having the 19 different um, hotels and motels, which would where people would stay, you would actually go into quarantine training camp. And at the end of that two weeks, you would then have your event, whether it be the Yugoslavian uh, soccer premier league or whatever but you fly in lockdown just like training camp and all of a sudden we've got production facilities which can happen crowds don't necessarily need to be there but the big ticket reason why they've been talking about in the nba they've been they were talking about putting the flipping the nba teams on cruise ships to play because if they hit 70 percent of the players bargaining agreement they then get the tv rights deal for the tv guys <laughs> to get paid so yeah all of these contracts for all the players and sports are done on TV rights. And if they can get the games to happen, everyone gets paid. Because at the moment, if they don't have that thing, no one gets shit. And so I guess my question was, with all that that thinking, do you think yeah. it's possible the same way, um, you know, we're looking at physical bricks and mortar infrastructure get used for different verticals, we could potentially rebrand New Zealand not only I mean that will get planes flying here because they would hire the mm. New Zealand planes to go pick them up. They we get an extension from hotels and motels. And do you think there's a sporting local to global opportunity where global sports could come happen mm. and that actually becomes a huge huge wheel is that you, yep. you know you you know the ends of this shit and i've talked to a couple of people about i was like you know you you transfer the universities into these isolation pods just exactly like they're doing with the ho the 19 different hotels that the government's already said mm. what's your thoughts has there been talk around this type of shit or is this am i tripping no, I mean, I think they should be talking about it. I, I've I've been operating in isolation. I'm not sure exactly what, um, you know, say, for example, Sky is thinking, but I know that they'll be um, keen for any window of opportunity. So Fight Island, for starters, I think is a, uh, is a silly idea. I mean, you might as well just have it in Gisborne where I think there was one case of COVID, right? So, um, so you, there's your Fight Island. You need somewhere, to be honest, you actually need a pretty good local hospital, I'm sure. Gizzy, Fight Island already is known as Fight Island. Is that right? Is that the joke? I don't know. Like, um, the thing is, is like Fight Peninsula. The, um, the so there or Rotorua. I think what there were there were ten or twelve cases in that entire lakes area. So you know, there there are places in New Zealand where there's probably hotels and everything else where you could actually set things up uh, infrastructure mm -hmm. for that. So. Look, I would love that to be a discussion that people are having. To be honest, uh, Jacinda would have to sign off on this because if you think about um, the, the travel and people coming to New Zealand, there's going to be some pretty stringent um, conditions for anyone who wants to come down here and um, smack someone two, in the face. But that's the two-week lockdown. And if you look at the NFL, yeah. they go into that three-week training camp where they literally go into a hotel for three weeks lockdown with right. just the team to do it. But if we're yeah. saying there's a two-week isolation anyway that's going to be mandatory, you would just plug that directly in. You'd timestamp it out at different little hotels. I think we – yeah. The space you're jumping into, Rebecca, is similar to what they do in the film production space, right? So um, line um, – what do they call it? Line – Line production, yeah. So, 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 um, and New Zealand's famous for it, right? You know, Americans and other groups come down to New Zealand because they want a certain aspect of New Zealand that is unique um, or, or special or whatever. And their their money comes in, all the assets, come, everything comes into this country, and we deliver a, a an experience and a and a solution, and then they fly back out again. Um, and seagull sport. 
Yeah, but it's just, it's, that's what our film production companies have been doing for years and years and years. Um, and film companies, right, is, is that you that come to us, we're going to give you, you know, we have this uniqueness about us. And I think it might not only be sport, but it could be other things too, of just thinking about how we sort of pivot and move into that space. Um, and the challenges, as you said, is, is, is the two-week lockdown or the mandatory stand-down um, period, which they're exploring overseas. Um, because if you, if, if you, aren't play, if you aren't playing the game, you're not making the money. Ironically, though, it seems to be that the sport in New Zealand, if they are going to survive and, and flourish, they need to connect with, obviously, us, you know, and be that whether it's rowing, let's say rowing, for example, like, you know, do we need to be bringing in Yale and bloody universities from the States into... That's the point, in, yeah. ...into building, building um, you know, training facilities and off-seasons and all that sort of stuff. But I think it's the opposite of what... We, we're not going to be able to redo it here out of our small base. We're going to actually have to go the opposite, which is counterintuitive to what's going on, and go to, go overseas and find the, the incomes and those people and bring them in. And I mm. feel like the rugby, the big sport in New Zealand, is going to be the same. I feel like Japan's sitting up there, for what is it, third or fourth biggest economy in the world. Um, you know, if we got Toyota and, and you know, three or four, you know, Sony or whoever it is, um, rugby teams playing now down here, um, or somehow we've got to bring those All Blacks back in. And like we spoke about it last week, you know. It seems to me we spit out the big names too quickly out of our mm. out of our of ecosystem for sport you know i still want to hear about all of the big names that have played in the last two world cups are still playing rugby around the world mm. you know mm. you know they're damn harder like, we haven't, surely we haven't had enough of them yet you know like, I mean, Japan, japan's a good example dion around rugby isn't it i mean look at look at how they have in the last 10 years might even not be that long five years how they've actually become so synonymous with rugby mm. I've, I've got the I've, i don't know if i've got the dates right but it just seems to be more of a mecca um, I mean, World well, Cup helps, of course, but, um, but uh, am I reading that right? It no, just seems to be such a... They're not a joke like at the start, right? I mean, the other boys no. would jump into it, but the, I remember when I first, I was like, what? But the same thing happened with Chinese gymnasts when they came into professional snowboarding. These flipping 13-year-old washed-up gymnasts were becoming snowboarders. Everyone's like, what? And then a couple of years later, they're like dominating, you know? Mm. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, probably no better, but Japan... I think it's a huge rugby nation at this point. So it's but it's still probably on just pure numbers, it's still probably really significant, right? Um, mm. So it's a big economy. So, you know, there's a chance to build a connection there. Um, mm. It's the same, I, I just think, like with green technologies and things, you know, we should be reaching out to like, you know, Elon Musk or, or you know, Google or someone like that and saying, hey, come down and trade driverless cars here or, you know, Bring, bring those people to New Zealand and set them up here somehow. That, that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Who yeah. makes that call, those calls, like yeah. literally? Because this doesn't seem like a dumb idea. Probably Ashley Bloomfield post this gig. <laughs> Good old <laughs> Ash. He's got, a, he's got a movie he's got to be scripting, isn't he? Mate, Sorry, Nash, just... I, I missed a lot of uh, what you said then about um, <laughs> But I, yeah. uh, was your mic cutting out? I don't know. I was imagining that. But the... Um, as far as Japan's concerned, like uh, anyway, as far as Japan's concerned, <laughs> I um, I, I, it's it's one of those places where you go for your classic swan song, you know, golden handshake type thing because um, and that's not a disgusting term. It's just like um, 
they go there because they know the season is short. It's easier on their bodies. They can play another five seasons. Whereas right. if you go to one of those Northern Hemisphere, like, um, well, it's, I know it's Northern Hemisphere, European nation uh, of, you know, Ireland, England and France, you could absolutely thrash yourself all season. Um, right. And, uh, I mean, you're toast. And so uh, for the families as well, they really enjoy the, the Japanese lifestyle. So it's got that whole thing of like, you get the same amount of money playing for less and then you're one flight away from home and it's just all those sorts of things. It's like a, um, all the planets are aligned for, for more people to go to Japan, but they are getting, like you say, um, uh, Rebecca, it's like bigger and bigger names. Uh, oh, no, sorry, Bruiser, you're saying this. Yeah, just yeah. Japan just really seems to be like the one of the first options, isn't it? You know, like mm, where are they going? Fast. You're almost surprised if they don't have that as an option. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I just, yeah, I just think, I think, I think what we're all sort of skirting around is that you know, it feels like we're only scratching the surface of what we could do in our ecosystem. If we thought of New Zealand as a bubble, as a, as a, as a think, oh, I hate using the word think tank because it's overused. But you know what I'm trying to say. Like, I think your Elon Musk idea is, you know, perfect. It's kind of going, you want to come to the greenest country to try this thing and and see what it's really, really about. Well, we can categorically say we're the greenest country, and you know, or wherever it might be. Um, it's the brain back in business. It's the, it's and this the, is how we yeah. this is how we would host you, and this is what it would look like. And you know, line production again. I keep coming back to that. It's a perfect yeah. example. A friend of mine who, um, who owns film construction, a um, film company, this, they they do an amazing job with their, with place. And, and and what they do is that when the Americans come here, they it's just it's just the best thing that the best experience. That, I mean, it's experiential yeah. for them, you know. Um, but then they walk away with a great product for their market, and. The money they bring in to our country, and that supports you know tourism, and that supports local cafes and all that sort of stuff. And they prepay you know, that shit too. Yeah, I mean you've worked in the space, uh, Robert. I mean it's a good example. To you know, so you kind of go if that's a model that works, and then if I then why don't how could you replicate or, or make that go across different types of industries, right? Um, and the thing, I, the other thing I love about Japan, like I haven't been to Japan, and it's on my well, I was planning to in July, but that's obviously off the books at the moment, but. Um, my son's just been there, and there's something about Japan that I've always been fascinated by. And please correct me if I'm wrong here, but it just seems to be such a self-sufficient um, ecosystem. You know that you go back to the days when we were, well, maybe when I was a lad. If it wasn't Japanese, you didn't buy it in the electronic world. So I know that's spread out, but they still seem to be such a self-efficient um, bubble. I guess is the right word. Um, you know what I'm trying to say is that they build for themselves they're very very um, focused on what they do and what they're really really good at and they stick at it and they develop and they move and they change and you know copy <laughs> yeah yeah there's some lessons in that for us you know um, if, if you could channel um, basically the way that business over in Japan sort of really wants to be part of um, sport um, here that would actually Right. That would help, you know, like that's, you know, if you look at Japan, for example, their rugby teams, uh, I know uh, are pretty much this company that they're sort of like a um, a shop right. window for their company. Um, yeah. So the, you, you think, you know, the company, but they're really, and there's others, you know, so there's obvious ones like Toshiba and then there's another place that's just a um, a mobile phone, like the equivalent of Vodafone over there. And they, they have a team and, um and there's all these different things that has to has to have to happen. So if you lose a game, it's considered good manners to be in the dressing room and cry mm. in front of the CEO when he's in there consoling you, saying, "Don't worry about it." 
you literally should be crying. <laughs> Nashi, I'm sure you would have shed a Pinch few yourself. tears in a few dressing rooms in your time. Yeah. Hey, Robert, there's a good question on here, mate. I'm going to throw it to the team. Go. Not that I want to do your job. But, no, 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 sorry. Um, I might have missed it. Go. It's from Keith Delmer. Um, Ooh, yeah. And it says, what, what can business owners do to join together to help get things kick-started? Any ideas? I'll have an instant straightaway one that's clearly not happening. Is cross-industry real-time comms at the top level with opportunities and problems that they're all have, having simultaneously. That is not happening so far from what I've so, seen in the background. So talking, talking about where they're at and what, what their challenges are. Across sport, like mixed sport with electronics, with, with media, with transportation, logistics, like that that level across it from business owners, not government, mm. that I've seen. Mm. Um, yeah, like a perfect one example was talking to Tim Alp from uh, CEO of Juicy today. He was saying, oh, you know, we're just bantering around ideas. And I was saying, oh, you know, you could simply link up with, you know, maybe do you partner with Z Energy? And then all of a sudden you've got camper vans and you've got thing. Well, what else can you do in those different spaces? Well, that's, you're talking about, you know, gas and then, you know, um, rental vehicles. Okay, cool. Well, what other things can you get layer on top? Do you media, mm. yada, yada, yada. So mm. that, that initial one, and my biggest fear at the end of this is there isn't, um, 10,000, I think I maybe said last time, 10,000 people try to solve the same problem individually um, in their lane instead of realizing if you just think laterally there's someone else potentially with the same problem. Like right now, like Tim's talking about trying to, how can they use their unused accommodation potentially for women's refuge with Safe Night? Right. You know, like yeah. how Beautiful. do you start yeah. to go, yeah, lateral mm. thinking. So that would be my kickoff, mm. I guess, idea. Yeah, I think there's going to be some, some businesses are, are, are more readily workable to to swap notes and join with than others and i think um you know there's there is a natural tendency i think with this business people tend to be quite paranoid on some level or business owners maybe tend to be mm. quite paranoid. i think that's that's an obstacle to sharing and to collaborating um and i think that that that's something that would need to be worked on really hard going forward you know you've actually got to and and tr sort of almost put it in the try things and risk it a bit um basket because collaboration's got to got to be useful at some level but i don't think we've been particularly good at it. i don't think small businesses are particularly good at it generally, I don't think. but there's also going to be the next wave down which is about to happen which is everyone's been um like yes that's probably maybe phase three but there's lockdown we're, we're locked in holy shit now it's going to reset everyone's enjoying the fam we're about to then go back out and there's going to be like oh we're trying to get back into it but no one's talking about the gnarly level of and we talked about it quickly before dion is that the businesses who have been needing to restructure, if not close down, that are going to happen in the next 60 days, that employees that have been naive about within those organizations that are thinking, oh, I've had my thing now, it's all good. It's like, no, 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 you've come back and now there's an 80% drop in the business. That business can't actually exist. So there's that whole second wave of redundancies, layoffs, 100%. Mm. And, and then on top of that, there's going to be the tension between um, big gnarly roll-ups in different verticals just to try and save jobs but realizing that the people who are doing that are doing that for yes I mean obviously they commercially if they if they've got enough cash flow to roll it out over the long end it's going to win but they can't be seen as predators they need to be seen as saviors because without that cash flow to get through that, that thing even more jobs will go so so there's I think we'll get to that point after people feel they're safe at the moment I still feel Maybe to your initial question, Dion, is I think they probably will still feel it's the beginning of something, not at, not the end. Um, naive feels mm. at the end. The, the actual smart ones know it's the beginning. So that would be my, my two cents. Yeah, I think uh, mental I health mean, is a big part too. Yeah. 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 yeah I think that's the big one. 
I think lag effect is, you're talking about lag effect there, Robert, and, and I agree, I think that's going to happen. Um, obviously, um, as businesses sort of come out and face the reality of, you know, what is this business about? What is it? I mean, look, I mean we're looking at it at Yellow. We're kind of going, the business we thought we were four and a half weeks ago conceivably is quite different come next week. And so we have to be um, open to listening to that and um, willing to pivot if we need to. So um, that's the first thing. But I, I think the mental health piece is, is the piece that I think – it's going to drop gnarlier, right, Bruce? Like I just don't feel like we're one. talking about it enough, no, no. actually, to be honest with you. So um, just quickly, that first one is like, boom, we're locked down, holy shit. Oh, no, no, we're safe. The second drop, for those that haven't seen it, is mm. going to go down twice as hard because yeah. then they they would have thought they're, they're free again. It's like, nah, man, like there's there's another wave coming. And, and you're exactly right, Bruce. No one is talking about that. And I can see it coming. I can flip and see mm. it. Well, it's sort of like that old analogy of when the music stops, right? And there's a certain amount of seats left. And I think everyone's assuming at the moment that the seats are all still there, but the reality of it is we don't know how many seats are still left, you know? No. I think you're describing a game called Musical Chairs. It's got a name. Uh, <laughs> 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 I thought, is he talking about the Titanic? No. Oh, oh Musical Chairs. Yeah, that's the way. Yeah. say this might be for next week's because we've been going an hour and I thought you you brought it nicely back to are we oh. at the beginning the middle of the end Robert and I thought maybe we're at the end um, yeah. and so um well I feel know. like we've left on a bit of a more of a downer <laughs> I, I feel we need to okay you, Jim, Jimbo this is your this is your forte give us a bit of rah-rah go Nashi oh <laughs> me oh shit yeah you're the, look, look, the look, look. um <laughs> reality check i was like all upbeat for most of the conversation and then he's just hit me with some real realness and i'm like Sorry, oh, team. oh is, is the oh. musical chairs call gonna gonna ruin your evening don't let it do that <laughs> like um no, i think <laughs> i think basically i think what bruce is saying is is so true that we've got to really be mindful of the effect that it has on people like uh, mm. i know i've spent half the week phoning friends just to make sure uh, they're okay because the media's just been absolutely hammered. Now, Smashed. part of the reason why you hear about those jobs losing, uh, being lost, is because they are the media and they've been reported on them. But um, I'm sure there's a lot of other industries mm. getting getting completely sort of laid waste right now. So this is it. I mean, it's a bit like Jurassic Park out there. We're all basically dodging the old T-Rex, you know. We're like extras in that, in that movie. And so really, it, it's just about kind of like... Um, worrying about what you can on those on any mm. given day the fact there's a bit of a finish line in sight is kind okay. of exciting if if i don't know who wasn't excited about today's um announcement at one o'clock what we can possibly do in a few days and all those businesses that have got a chance um i yeah. think like locally or region in the regions um i'm hoping that places like the chamber of commerce and rotary clubs and all those places where businesses do sort of um uh gather can kind of help each other i worry about the big city the big city um you know you not, not everyone's going to be able to phone up michael barnett or whatever is it michael barnett from the chamber of commerce yeah the guy with the with the bow tie who comes out and has a little chat to everybody it's not that easy for you guys and i sort of think that's that you can get lost in a place like auckland where i'm sure there's you know that's where um a lot of the job losses have occurred especially in the media pretty much all of them yeah and i'll tell you my two cents worth uh is it might cost you a little bit more to buy locally. I, I, I would challenge some of our local resellers to think about like the coffee scenario that you said, Dion, is kind of like, you know, if you come in and get a flat white, you know, we'll charge you three bucks. We're still making money on it, but I'm looking after you as a local. Um, yeah. And therefore, I'm more inclined to come and buy a few, right? So 
you know, if I was using again, I'm not doing, I'm not paid by you, Dion, but I'm just using it as an example. You could go online and buy hair products or whatever from overseas or whatever it is. But actually, the best yeah. thing I could do for New Zealand right now is to buy local, is yeah. to yeah. Is, is to is to actually support the business. Now it might cost a little bit more. I get that. It shouldn't, but it does. It from time to time. I get that. But I think if we could all take on a collective responsibility just to think about our purchasing habits over the next uh, couple of months, think about how we buy and purchase and think about how we support New Zealand Inc., um, more business is a chance. Can I just say, to add to that, as a a business owner, I think it's such a great message. But I I also think the response to that is that as a business owner, I'm going to redouble my commitment to make sure that I look after you guys who do that. You know, that's right. And I think yeah. that as we can't just expect that as business owners, I think we have to double down and go. You know what? Yep. I'm going to look after if you local, if the local people are going to look after me, and if New Zealanders are going to get behind me and support me, then by gosh, I'm going to do whatever I can to make it the best product and the best service that they're going to get. Right. So if we can do that, have that beautiful combination of the buyer and the seller mm. doing that at a, at a hyper-local perspective, yeah. you know, st- st- stuff importing stuff from overseas. You know what I'm saying? If we just that little attitude. Hyper-local yeah. results. Yeah, I'll give, give you an example. A lot of people buy from ASOS in the, in the UK. But there's a great guy who started a business in New Zealand called AS Color, right? Um, I wear one of his t-shirts now. It's all the blanks. They're actually cheaper than any t-shirt you buy. Beautiful quality. Um, he's a New Zealand business guy called Lawrence, I've got his surname. Uh, they've got stores around that, you know, I'm not trying to do a plug for them, but I'm kind of saying rather than no. going and buying some American brand, go and buy Lawrence's shirts and if you want to put a brand on it, get a felt tip and draw on it. Um, <laughs> did you, I think that, that's a simple attitude. Companies can do that for you professionally too, Bruce. They, they, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at the big R on his hat. You know, all, I heard, all I heard was drive through KFC Friday. That's all I heard. <laughs> I'm sorry. All I heard is drive through. See you I'm guys at Wendy's. All right. I'm going to my kids. Shut team. Love your work. Cheers, guys. Stay safe. Thank you, James. Thank you, everyone. Nice chatting. See ya. Katie, I know. Bye.